For to us the Son is born, to us the Son is given. The government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Word made flesh. This morning, I would like to read for you our sermon text, which is recorded in Luke chapter 2, verses 10 through 12. Typically, I read the text, but maybe this morning I could try to recite it. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. This is the word of our God. Maybe some of you, that version, that translation of Luke chapter 2, verses 10 to 12 is a little bit more memorable, more fond to you. I've seen some of you smiling because it's the King James Version, isn't it? what you grew up with. Believe it or not, it's what I grew up with, too. In my grade school years, it's what our teachers taught us. They taught us to memorize this during our Christmas recitations. But before I get into that, I'd like to talk a little bit about the word Christmas. What do you think of? Does the word Christmas bring to mind a baby lying in a manger? peace and joy on earth? It probably does. That would be natural. Especially if you're here this morning. You're probably Christians. This is what you've also experienced over the years. But as you realize, especially if you were here last night, Christmas doesn't always mean peace and joy to people. For some people, Christmas means crazy drivers standing in a long line, waiting to check out and to purchase gifts that you probably spent way too much on, and it'll probably end up being returned, and now all of this time has been uh, wasted. Well, maybe some think that Christmas is all about fond memories. Gathering together with your dear family, being able to sit around the Christmas tree, parents at the ready with their cameras to snap into photogenic perpetuity, the faces of their children with relief and delight. Then again, for some people, Christmas doesn't have those unique memories. But rather memories of mom and dad bickering, fighting, arguing because of the stress of being tight on cash at the holiday season. What do you think of at Christmas? I can say that I was blessed as a child to have parents who really didn't argue and fight, at least not in front of us. Not even during the Christmas season. Somehow or other, they were able to provide for us plenty of gifts, more than we would ever deserve or hope for. And maybe they were just good at hiding those kinds of things, but I think the reason was they wanted us to feel 
comfortable. They wanted us to feel safe and secure. Not afraid. That's what Christmas is for, isn't it? It's not a time for us to be afraid. It's a joyous time of year. Why would anyone be afraid? I'll tell you why. Now I'm going to get back to that whole Christmas recitation thing back in grade school. For me, I was kind of a worrisome child to begin with. Always worried about getting good grades and hiding my gut that I had, because I was kind of a chubby kid too back in grade school. And whether or not people would like me. And, but probably the most fearsome, terrifying time of year for me was Christmas. You know why? Because right around the middle of November, or even the beginning of November, our teachers in my Christian day school would hand out to us the amount of material, the things that we were supposed to memorize for the Christmas recitation. And I can look back on this fondly. I can even say and recite things that I've memorized for year after year. And I'm thankful to God for that, but at that time, thankful wasn't the word. Because when I thought of recitations, it wasn't that, oh, I get the opportunity to proclaim God's good news to people. It was more about having to march up in front of the church and stand in front of an entire congregation. How ironic is this? And not only that, but standing in front of my parents, who had all the support in the world for me, they were also upperclassmen. When I was in kindergarten all the way through at least sixth grade, probably the age of my kids right now, I was afraid and terrified of sitting there because right in the front row, I don't know why, but the teachers always strategically placed the 7th and 8th graders in that front row of chairs where I knew they had their clipboards and they were taking notes on all the things that I missed in my recitation, how goofy I looked, and they were making faces at me, trying to distract me from what I was supposed to be doing. And I hated that. It was scary. Christmas, for me as a kid, that's what I thought. There's probably something a little humorous, too, about watching a little kid cry in front of church. As he was saying, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Well, today I get to stand in front of you. I'm not afraid anymore. And I get to say, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. That's the message the angel proclaimed to those shepherds. The message that he proclaims to the entire world and to us who are sitting here today. For the shepherds, I suppose, this was something a little strange. It's because so much time had gone by. The promise was already out there. They had heard about it. But as far as they were concerned, they were there that night to take care of the sheep. The last thing they were expecting was a choir of heavenly angels telling them to go into Bethlehem, over the hills, into town, and yeah, into that barn. And we're going to find the Christ child there. Not a likely story. Not one that you would expect a lot of people to believe at first. But it was definitely the truth. 
the angels tell the shepherds, and this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Sure enough, just as the angel said, there the baby is with his mother, lying in a manger, just as the angel says. And it's this amazing, indescribable sense of awe. All these years of waiting, finally it's come to pass, just as God promised. What they see, the peace of God that transcends, that surpasses and goes beyond our understanding, leads these shepherds to return to their town and to their neighborhoods, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, just as it had been told to them. They understood. They got it. And one thing they were not was afraid. How about you? Are you afraid? Right now, probably not really. I mean, we're all here in church, relatively safe and sound. We get to be in a place where we hear God's word and his promises for us, so why would we be afraid? In fact, this message that you're hearing right now, you could probably say it's one that you hear year after year, if not week after week. With that same truth pointing to Jesus Christ, our Savior, is awesome and divinely transcending as this message of God's love is. A message that lifts us up from our normal, daily, mundane life. Our life, our world here, has a way of dragging us right back down. Christmas is supposed to be this joyous time of year, and yet it's also notorious for high levels of stress. While some think of gathering together with family and friends, I think we also realize that it's a time when people can feel the loneliness, when they're feeling far away and removed and isolated. And that isolation can even drive them to feelings and even actions of despair. God extends his promise of peace to all the earth. All the earth. And yet when you read the news or see it on TV, what do you see on the earth? Peace? And God wants us to take this message to heart. That good news of a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. He wants you to cherish that, hold it tight, close to your heart, always. Because that's the thing that drives away fear and doubt. But if you're like me, with that little kid still living inside, you have those moments when you think about all the things that could go wrong in your life. Do the people that I love know that I love them? Or have I failed to make that clear to them? I mean, what if they stop loving me? What if your job isn't going so well? What if your retirement plans aren't working out the way you hoped? What if school is filled with so much stress and your parents expect you to get the best grades and yet you're struggling and you're afraid to say anything? What if you have this sense that something's not quite right 
but you don't want to go to the doctor. You know why? Because he's going to tell you what's wrong. And I don't want to know. Do you ever have any of these reasons for feeling afraid? When it comes to issues that are relating to the people that you love, to your work, your retirement, your health, your future plans, there's one thing that is certain about all of these things. And that is that they are going to be uncertain. But perhaps the biggest fear of all, will God accept me? Will he take care of me? In spite of all of my faults, in spite of all of my failures, in spite of all of my fears. All the ways that I have not lived up to God's expectations, why would he still even care about me? Because I've been afraid too. Too often we have questioned God's ability to take care of us. In those moments of sadness and pain, when we are tempted and we give in to temptations and we doubt, suddenly we cry out to God for help. And when that answer from God does not come immediately, what do we think? Maybe God doesn't care anymore. God, aren't you going to do something to help me? And Christmas is a time for joy and cheer. Or, is everything just going to disappear, all the problems that you're living with right now? Is it just going to suddenly and magically vanish? Because maybe Christmas is just a temporary band-aid to distract us from these other pains and fears that we're dealing with. Sometimes when you feel overwhelmed, and all you can think about is how you're going to fix them, you're left scratching your head with no real answers. And in those moments, perhaps even right now, can you still see that baby wrapped in swaddling clothes? Do you trust that child, that Son of God, the Word made flesh, and what He does for you? Or do you do that same silly thing where you look to yourself and you keep trying to figure out a way to fix things on your own? The reality is we can't fix many things on our own especially our deepest problem. And that's the problem of our doubt. The problem of our fit failures and our sins. And because you can't fix them, I'm going to ask you to do something different. This is something that you've known how to do. Something that we need to be reminded of and encouraged often. And that is redirect your eyes away from yourself. And you know to whom? Redirect your eyes to that baby. That tiny body, if you can imagine this, exposed to the elements of our cold, dark, and sinful world. It's that same one that we live in. You know who this is. This is God's Son. Born of a virgin. The sign that God himself is with us to accomplish and take care of our greatest need. Jesus is that infant holy whose purpose is to be that perfect substitute for you and for me and for our whole world. There in the manger lies the one 
who promised to Adam and Eve that one day he would come. He would come to crush the serpent's head, that is the devil, to save us from our sins. That is Christ the Lord. The one who is born to live for you and to die for you and to rise victorious over every enemy that could ever threaten us. And so we say, fear not. With the angel, behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. And I love these words. They never get old for me, no matter how many times I say them, hear them, preach them. Because I know that God is speaking to me. And I know that he's speaking to you. In the midst of life's stresses and storms, it's that baby wrapped in swaddling clothes that means everything. And I pray that each of you may remain close to him as you gather around his words, as you receive his body and blood and the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. And in those times, you hear God speaking to you. Don't be afraid. I love you forever. His plan for you is good and gracious. And nothing can stop him from protecting you or from leading you to your home. Rejoice. Give glory to God in the highest. And live without fear in his everlasting peace. Amen. Please stand.